All right, you're listening to True News 365, a podcast, blog, cultural commentary, and Christian ministry set out to declare the gospel of Jesus Christ, to reach out to those who will have ears to hear by the power of the Holy Spirit. Check out truenews365.com for updates on blogs, videos, and more podcasts. And don't forget to share if you care. Until next time, God bless. All right, this is True News 365. Thanks for joining me once again. This is episode three of Answering the Dishonest Skeptic. Check out uh, episode one and episode two where I get started on answering uh, a series of questions. And of course, this is due to my running into a number of skeptics that had questions, some of them more honest than the others. And I just want to equip the saints, the brothers and sisters, um, for uh, for times when we come across people who have these questions and they will throw in your face Bible difficulties and questions and answers. <clears throat> Most of this stuff has been um, dealt with for hundreds of years now. Get yourself a good Bible um, dif- difficulties book um, and go through those and study them and become familiar with them. Because it's not only good just to defend yourself, but it's also good for people that do come along and they do want answers, and it's great to be equipped. <clears throat> Excuse me. And there's nothing, nothing wrong with being able to equip yourself with answers. Okay. So without further ado, I want to jump right into this because I, I'm hoping I won't have to do a part four. Okay. So let's. I, I think I left off in Exodus 21:16, and let us read that verse 16. <clears throat> Join me with your Bibles. Okay. He who kidnaps a man. Whether he sells him or he is found in his possession shall surely be put to death. Okay? Um, uh, this is straight up law against chattel slavery or man stealing. <clears throat> Does it look like the chattel slavery of American slave trade to you? No, it doesn't because it's a, it's a law ex- ex- exactly for that, against um, stealing or kidnapping someone, right? So once again, let's remind all that chattel slavery in the Western world was ended by Christians, but it continues on in non-Christian lands today, and no one seems to care, okay? If a man, uh, uh, verse 26, okay, and I believe this is also in Exodus uh, 21, verse 26, if a man strikes the eye of his male or female slave and destroys it, he shall let him go for free on account of his eye. Now, this this is a good question concerning uh, that you can beat up on your slave and you can abuse your slave, whatever. That's actually um, an exaggeration and, and a dishonest um, uh, uh, look at, at what the scriptures are actually saying. Because if you strike somebody and you hurt them, okay, by um, to, to any extensity, you can end up losing the slave. The slave now has a legal right to leave without having to pay uh, for the reason why he became a slave in the first place, okay? So people would basically come and sell themselves as slavery for X amount of time for six years. After the sixth, sixth year, they would be able to leave, okay? They could decide to stay longer if they wanted, get it? But but the slave was still the possession 
of the person who paid for them or who is paying for them. You see what I'm saying? So they were still in that culture considered the property of the slave owner. However, you couldn't just go around just abusing people because if you hurt them, if you dropped their tooth or you, you, you busted their eye or whatever, okay, um, like it says in verse 27, and if he knocks out a tooth of his male or female slave, he shall let him go free on account of his tooth. Once again, proof of the rights that a male or a female slave had in the Old Testament covenant of God. This isn't defending slavery. This is testifying to the clear historical record of the distinction of slavery in the Old Testament covenant and clearing up the dishonesty and willful bad scholarship out there from God-hating evil skeptics. Okay, If you purposely decide to come at these texts with dishonest scholarship or no scholarship at all, then you're a liar and the Bible says all liars will have their part in the lake of fire. Revelation 21.8 Okay, Let that be a reminder. Most, if not all, of the apostles refer to themselves as the slaves of Christ. Okay, the slaves of Christ. And the word of God says we're either slaves of righteousness or slaves of sin. Okay, so if you're not in Christ right now, you're a slave of sin. Okay, so <clears throat> let's go into another topic, the treatment of women. Women from the pagan world, Roman Greek worlds, were nightmarish with regard to how they treated women. If a woman gave birth to a girl, she was tossed in the sea or left for dead in the streets. It was though it was thought girls were a liability, unlike boys who could work and hold social status. Okay, women had no rights at all in these pagan worlds. Where, wherever Islamic laws are adhered to strongly, a man has a right to beat and desert his wife. Men stand superior to women, as per Surah 434. Yet in the book of Ephesians, the Bible says, Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ loved, loved and gave himself up for the church. And it teaches, He who loves his wife loves himself. Ephesians 5.25 and 28. Okay? But in those lands where Islam is extreme, you have the abuse of women. The more pure the religion, the more abusive. Okay? In the Greek world, women weren't able to leave their homes unless by a male escort, commonly a slave appointed by her husband. So imagine that. The slave had more authority than the woman. Okay? Take notes, folks. When they had guests at home, she wasn't permitted to entertain or interact with them. The mistress had more freedom than the wife. The mistress would often accompany the man when he attended events outside the house, and she was in his uh, and she was his companion and sexual partner. The Athenian woman, the Greek Athenian woman of those days, had a social status more like a slave. So the wife was more like a slave than even a slave. Okay, she couldn't divorce him, but he could divorce her. Girls were not permitted to go to school, but boys were. Okay, unlike Islam, Christianity doesn't set out to create a kingdom on this earth. Okay, Jesus says, my kingdom isn't of this world. If it were, my people would fight. Remember that? Because Christianity reigns from the Holy Spirit, living inside of a man, into a new man. God's laws flourish naturally, willingly, and with all benefits of the edification of humanity, the way God intends until the last soul comes to Christ. Okay, let's look at divorce. Let me check my time. 
let me check my time. I got time. Okay, let's go back. <clears throat> Divorce was not allowed in order to keep the institution pure. We saw how the religious Jews treated divorce in the same time of Christ and how they would divorce a woman at the drop of a hat for, for instance, for burning his food, for the most trivial of things, okay? But later on in the New Testament, the Lord helps us to see that divorce is an institution that resembles the relationship between him and the church. In the Old Testament, God's relationship to the, uh, to the unloyalty of the children of Israel was seen like a man suffering over a wife who became a harlot. The message is being faithful unto death, till death do us part. Another value we've lost in our darkened cultural society. Today, the divorce rate is outrageous, and people are literally trying not to get married and teaching people not to get married. Okay? Now, let me see. I've got about another minute and a half. Okay, Deuteronomy 21. This is on the rebellious son. <clears throat> okay, so this represents a young man who's lazy, sluggard, and a drunkard. Okay, this is concerning uh, beating up uh, the youth, you know, beating up your children and putting them to death. People usually like to criticize. But if you notice, our culture allows uh, rebellion to go on and rebellion against their parents. They allow that. In fact, they belittle the parents, okay? And they usually uh, encourage children to disobey their parents. Okay, so um, <clears throat> that's actually what, you know, and, and when people criticize the Bible, um, you have to understand that the Bible is, is the culture was completely different. So it takes a lot of nerve to be able to criticize the Bible and to place a cultural morality of ours today, which is the diverting back to paganism, okay, um, and criticize the, the law of God, which was a standard that was meant to be perfect, okay? And the only time we saw imperfection was when man did not perform that standard perfectly, okay? So I'm going to take a break and I shall return. Right, I am back. Okay, now where do we leave off? Okay, the rebellious son, Deuteronomy 21. Okay, um, all right, so this represents a young man who's a lazy sluggard and a drunkard, okay, who's disrespectful to his parents. Uh, and the fact that it describes him as a drunkard demonstrates that he's not a prepubescent boy, but a young man and old enough to know better, and especially old enough to drink, okay? So people always like to toss around, that, yeah, you could kill your son, they could kill your kids, and blah, 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 and send them, drag them to the gates, all right? Okay, this would be where the buck stops, okay, with regard to juvenile delinquency, all right? Uh, today, what we see are young men who should be out there doing their thing, their responsible deeds, and instead, they're a menace to society, robbing old people and women's purses in the streets. Man, if I tell you the stuff that I've seen, especially these days, 
in the streets. I mean, we've all seen them, people. We've all seen them. They're letting people out of out of out of the the prisons these days, and they're 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 identifying things as low crime uh, sentences or or, or or people that have low crime or, or classifying like drug dealers as low crime. Okay, just to let them out. We know what's going on. Okay, we know what time it is. Okay, so let's, let's put it like this: we're in no position to be judging the perfect standard of God in the Old Testament at times when people were under this, um, this, this standard with our current situation. Okay. We, we just can't. Okay. When God's judgment falls. Okay. That's another thing. People like to criticize when God's judgment falls and they say, well, you know, God is genocide. He killed these people and he killed that people. He took people out of the, uh, of Egypt just to kill them. <laughs> you know, okay, so obviously they're missing key details in the narrative, okay, of the scripture, okay? Many have tried to indict God for his Old Testament judgments, calling them genocides. But God states clearly that he gives life and he takes life. They're his to give and they're his to take away. Get used to it. Hear it over and over again until you can take it or leave it. But it is what it is, okay? So, Let's go to Deuteronomy 2.34, the judgment of King Heshbon, okay? <clears throat> if you notice, on verse 24, God asked them to go with a peaceful offering just to pass by their land. But the evil king decided not to allow them to cross and in God's judgment because he knew that he would have a hardened heart. His judgment to fall on him was inevitable, Okay. So let's go to read that, okay? That's um, uh, Deuteronomy 2. Uh, let me see. Let's go to, let's start at um, verse 24. Arise, set out, and pass through the valley of Arnon. Look, I have hardened, handed over to you Shehan and the Amorite, king of Heshbon, and his land. Start taking possession and plunge into battle with him. This day I will begin to put the dread of fear of you upon the faces of people everywhere. Okay, so that was that was part of the goal. Okay, um, who, when they hear the news of you, will tremble and be in anguish because of you. Verse 26. So I sent messengers from the wilderness of Kedemoth to Shiho, uh, king of Heshbon, with words of peace saying verse 27 let me pass through your land i will travel only on the road i will not turn aside to the right or to the left you will sell me food for money so that i may eat and give me water for money so that i may drink only let me pass through on foot just as the sons of esau who live in seir and the moabites who live in ar did for me until I cross over the Jordan into the land that the Lord of God is giving us. But Shehan, king of Heshbon, was not willing to, uh, for us to pass through his land. For the Lord your God hardened his spirit and made his heart obstinate in order to hand them over to you, as he is today. And the Lord said to me, See, I have begun to turn Shehan and his land over to you. Begin taking possession so that you may possess his land. This was when God was leading children of Israel out of the wilderness and into the land which he had for them. But the evil king refused to allow them to cross as other allowed them to cross. 
as you know others allowed them to cross with no problem the king could have allowed them and live but didn't and refused and so just like uh, like tsunamis, earthquakes, plagues, and forest fires have taken lives in this fallen world, so does the effects of war takes lives of men, women, and children. It's no different. The only difference is that the narrative of the New Testament demonstrates what God's plan was, but as with any tree that falls in the wilderness, just because you don't see it or hear it, it doesn't mean it doesn't fall, and even less that God isn't aware of it falling. Okay, there's life and death. Death comes in different ways, but death comes and it is cruel as old age itself. Okay, so the surrounding nations which God expelled were evil and did evil deeds just like the world before Noah and just like what is prophesied to soon come upon the earth. It's no different. Okay, so um, the Amorites were, were wicked as, as, as per Genesis 15, um, verse 16, and 2 Kings 21, 11. Go check that out, okay? Let me check my time. Let's see what we got. We got plenty of time. Alrighty then. So, um, let's see. Um, let me see. Where are we at? Where are we? Where are we? Let's continue. I might have... Okay, this is another account, okay? Now, when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abram, and behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. Then God said to Abraham, Know for certain that your descendants, this is the story of Abraham, okay? Uh, and no doubt his son, okay? Or the, war, the wars that he ended up getting in. Then God said to Abraham, Know for sure that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs where they will be enslaved and oppressed for 400 years. But I will also judge the nation whom they will serve, and after, afterward they will come out with many possessions. As for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace. Fathers in peace, you will be buried in a good old, at a good old age. Then in the fourth generation, they will return here, for the wrongdoing of the Amorite is not yet complete. Okay, now it came about when the sun had set, that it was very dark, and behold, a smoking oven and a flaming torch appeared, which passed between these pieces. On that day the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river Egypt, as far as the great river, river Euphrates, the land of the Kenite, the Kezanite, the Kedmonite, the Hittite, and the Perizzite, and the Rephaim, and the uh, the Amorite and the Canaanite, the Girgashite and the Jebusite. Okay? All of them. God was letting them know that not only they would be placed in the land of other nations, but that his people will also rebel and will have to be judged, as well as all those whose time of evil has was not yet fulfilled. But the warning was known. Please stand by. Okay? Got another minute and a half. All right, sons. Okay, since uh, continue reading. Since Manasseh, king of Judah, was committed by these abominations, uh, having done more evil than all the Amorites did who were before him, and has also misled Judah into sin with his idols, therefore this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says: Behold, I am bringing such a disaster on Jerusalem and Judah that whoever hears about it, both of his ears will ring. God warns his people that 
he will judge them for doing evil, just like those he deposed off the land. It's no different, okay? These terrors and disasters happen every day because we're in a fallen world and we're fallen and in need of a savior. God is not knowing, uh, unknowing of anything that happens in the world. We just don't know what the outcomes are for things when they do happen. But that is why we stick to faith, knowing that, as it's written, shall not the judge of all the earth do right? Genesis 18.25. Okay, so I am running out of time, okay, in this segment. Uh, but we will continue on, okay? So this is what's called unfair judgment of the judgments of God, okay? And so people like to judge, but by what standard are they judging evil, okay? We'll get to that when I soon return. Alrighty then, did you miss me? Okay, so I'm back. So check this out. Let's continue on. Okay, so yeah, so the, the, the judge of all the earth will do right. Okay, uh, as uh, per what um, Abraham said in Genesis 18.25. In this case, we have a narrative that guides us through these thousands of years of history to lead up to the redemption of humanity in the plan of God through Christ. But God's sovereignty continues. It's about faith. Because the fool has said in their hearts, there is no God. So there you have it, folks. These are specific Bible passages that I've come across as having been used by specific anti-Christian skeptics. And I wanted to respond to them so that the saints can understand them and disregard those who would mock the word of God to their detriment. Okay. May God have mercy on them and drag them to the cross of Christ for restoration. Other than that, they're truly damned. Thanks again for listening, okay? So this is the end of this podcast. I'm going to stop here. This is, I really wanted to, um, uh, I really wanted to share some of these uh, Bible difficulties. And there are a lot more. I could have gotten to a lot more. But these are the ones that were, <coughs> that were picked, that were, that I, that, that, um, that I saw um, um, displayed by some of these skeptics. And I wanted to answer them directly. And then when I studied them and I looked at them, I said, okay, yeah, I'm familiar with these. I've studied these difficulties in the past. And, but if you read the narrative of the scriptures, and if you know the God of the Bible from all 66 books, and you know the way he works, and you, you understand the narrative of scripture, there's no way that you can apply injustice to this God. There is no way. Because they want to, when people judge God, by, again, by what standard are they judging the God of the Bible? Okay, oftentimes that's the critique. That's what they're trying to do. But you need to have a standard of, of evil and good and good and evil in order to judge the one who's created the standard, right? And that's usually where the conversation stops. Um, after that, there's usually a whole lot of equivocation a lot of excuses, a lot of nonsense, okay? And dishonesty, frankly, you know? So, like I said, um, uh, it's important that we uh, prepare ourselves and read and study the, the, the Word of God, Old Testament, New Testament, New Testament, Old Testament. We have to go through them. Get yourselves a good um, 
a, a very good uh, systematic theology. Get yourself, um, you know, whatever you need to be able to, uh, you know, a good, a, a good one or two books on Bible difficulties. The more famous ones that people like to attack and all that stuff. And not only will it help you equip you to help people to to share your faith, um, and but it'll allow you to protect yourself from uh, people who come along with this because there are people that are shaken in their faith when when these things come around and when somebody who knows a little bit more, but they manipulate what they know in order to topple somebody in their faith. And that's, as far as I'm concerned, that's dishonest. And, um, and that person should have a conscience and understand that uh, if you do correct somebody, if you do approach somebody concerning stuff, be aware of, of the humanity of that person. Even if I share the gospel with someone from another faith, for instance, I mentioned um, the, the Quran, I mentioned <clears throat> um, Islam and stuff like that. It can come not just from Islam, it can come from anywhere, atheist or other religions, whatever, or, you know, and so if you're going to come and you're going to share the faith with someone, you're not going to try to break them down. It's not about breaking them down or breaking them apart or uh, breaking them up in order to build them back up. No, it's not about that. It's about sharing the truth of God, the gospel. The gospel is that Christ came to die for sinners. He came, died, was resurrected on the third day, and he continues to live um, seated at the right hand of God, and he's been given full authority in heaven and on earth, and he has been appointed the judge of all mankind. That time is soon to approach, Acts 1.11. He, he ascended into heaven, and it was told he will just the same return to the earth. Okay, and so that is our hope, our hope for restoration of the earth. And that's where you want everyone. You want everyone to be to have that hope as well. So they can be part of that restoration. Um, and we no longer have to sin. We no longer have to live in this life, this corruptible existence uh, in our lives. And um, and let's walk <clears throat> with our Lord and get to know him. Okay, so, yeah, so I, I hope that. Um, this was some kind of an edification. Um, I'm going to post this later and I may do more difficulties in the future. Um, there's definitely a lot more that we can get into issues of the, of the scripture. Um, you know, uh, and, and so, you know, you know, hoping that it reaches people and it helps, uh, people in their, in their lives, uh, concerning their faith. And it basically all of it is, is a, is a, uh, is pointing people to more resources uh, look these up. These answers are in, in, in internet sources and reputable um, uh, scholars um, have answered these questions and tackled these all these things. The Bible gets all type of attacks, but it has withstood the test of time by God's grace and power. Okay, so until next time, thanks for joining me. Uh, True News 365. God bless.